live from Utrecht. This is the Van Willem Shores Nado. Hello, welcome hey. back. Thank you, Shores. Was it warm? Yeah, it's warm here as well. Was it fun? It was a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, Bitcoin 2021 was a lot of fun. I recommend it. All right. I recommend going, Shores. I'll uh, think check, about it. Check it out next time. Yeah, I think I uh, FOMO bought the uh, 2022 ticket. So. Yeah, actually, we're, so I think you read that, but we're thinking of, uh, well, we're not just thinking about it. We're going to wrap up some kind of deal for open source developers. Details to be announced and to be figured out, I think. But we're we're playing on, planning on some sort of, uh, I don't know, access for. So now I have a short Bitcoin position for no good reason. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah, but yeah. Um, being back in the Netherlands is nice. It's just as hot here as it was in Miami. Yep, except no air conditioning. Except, yeah, that's the big difference. At least in Miami, at least in the United States, if you're inside somewhere, then it's cool. But in the Netherlands, you're just going to be sweating inside all day long. Yep. The other thing that happened last week, besides me returning to the great country of the Netherlands, is yours. Taproot. Taproot locked in. And not just locked in, but locked underscore in. We did it. We did. Well, we didn't, but people did. Uh, sure, sure, sure. We're going to discuss Taproot. We're going to discuss Taproot one more time, I think. This is going to be the last time we've discussed um, Taproot itself. We've then had, I think, two or maybe even three episodes on or uh, soft fork activation, Taproot activation. Yep. Two, probably, right? And Or maybe one on spe- Speedy Trial. Anyways, a bunch of them. And now we're going to do one more on Taproot Lock-In. So let's let's start at the beginning. What does Taproot Lock-In mean? Recap a little bit for our listeners that maybe missed previous episodes. What does it mean that Taproot has locked in? Right. So for every soft fork, there is, or at least as of you know the last six, seven years, there is this mechanism, BIP9, BIP8, it kind of varies. But the idea is that a soft fork can be in multiple states. It's a state machine. And the first state it would be in is defined. And defined just means this soft fork exists. We know about it. Um, then there's a soft fork state called started. Mm-hmm. And that means that miners could can signal for it. And mm-hmm. so that means that when a soft fork is started, all nodes are paying attention to that signal. And then the and a, a signal is just a bit of data in a Bitcoin block in the Bitcoin block they mine. Yeah, so in, in the header, uh, there's just a, a bit. Yeah, a bit yeah. is flagged. So nodes start counting minor signaling. Yep. Yeah, and if they're if they're signaling, you know, that way before a BIP is, uh, sorry, before a soft fork is in the started state, then that signal is just noise. It's ignored. Um, but there are some, you know, nodes might look at that and say, hey, I'm seeing some signaling. I don't understand what this is. And they might warn the user saying, hey, there might be a soft fork that you don't know about. Anyway, um, this signaling took place. It uh, crossed a certain threshold. And then it went into the next state, which is called locked in. And it's going to remain in that state until block number 709,632. Yeah, so we used the speedy trial activation mechanism, which we discussed discussed in the previous episode, um, which meant that miners had about three months to signal support. And if 90% of miners would signal support within one difficulty period, that means the soft fork would be locked in, which means it would activate later. So that happened last week. Chapu got locked in. And like you said, that means it's going to activate at block 
709,632, which yeah. is scheduled to be mined in November of this year. Well, it's not scheduled, but it's expected to be mined in November of this year. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing, I guess, is worth noting, because you know we also had the episode about the different activation mechanisms yep. and sort of the alternative clients that did something very similar but slightly different without getting into the details of that one we can just safely say at this point that will also activate taproot at this same block presumably in november yes so, so i would assume that at this point there's no point in running that alternative client anymore yeah i um, tend to agree with that um at this point it's probably better to just run bitcoin core 0.21.1 or any newer Bitcoin Core release that's upcoming. Yes, exactly. Um, and that's that's basically, for those that don't know that, because I've seen some questions about that, um, you know, people asking how to prepare for Taproot or how to get ready. That's basically as simple as it is. Upgrades to Bitcoin Core 0.21.1 or a newer version of Bitcoin Core, or potentially, if that's what you're into, some alternative... Um, client or implementation that also enforces taproot but i don't know which ones these yeah i think at the moment uh non-do i know that uh well, apart Lib from Bitcoin the alternative is working on activation it. client then yeah exactly so i think uh, libbitcoin and uh, btcd are working on taproot mm -hmm. but they haven't done it yet so that you can't run their code yet to check for taproot rules um so at this point just, basically just upgrade to bitcoin core 0.21.1 i guess is our that's exactly, the way to do exactly. It. And That's if you really want to use the cool features that are going to be in Taproot, uh, like you know, wallet support, we'll get to that later, but then you're going to need Bitcoin version, Bitcoin Core version 22, which will come out later. Um, but you don't have to do that. Um, I think I could just finish the list of states because we were talking about it. So it starts with defined, then it's started, then it's locked in, which is where we're now. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes active. And active just means what, what you think it means. Mm -hmm. It means the rules apply. And... Um, People well, that's good. That's, that's what's going to happen, and it's going to stay there uh, forever. Well, at some point, a new version might be released that just assumes it's active and, and doesn't explicitly say it anymore. Uh, it could have also reached the state uh, failed. Right, but it didn't. It didn't. One thing, okay, I noticed, and that's another thing I saw questions about, so let me jump right to that point. Um, Luke Jr., Luke Dasher, he has this note, graph thing on this special website where it says that 25% of nodes on the network right now are ready for taproot i've seen some concern about that so let's maybe uh detail what that means exactly yeah i'm assuming that means 25% of the nodes that luke knows about mm -hmm. and there's only two ways you can well there's kind of three ways you can learn about a node one is the easiest way the node connects to you and says hello i'm a node so you can remember where that came from. Um, the other is that you connect to it, and that requires it to be open to connections. In uh, like It has to be a listening node, as it's called. Otherwise, you can't connect to it. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also this gossiping system we talked about in another episode where nodes gossip addresses of nodes. But the only addresses that are gossiped are of nodes that are listening. So... The addresses that are being gossiped around are a subset of all the nodes that actually exist. Because there is absolutely no point in gossiping about a node that you know is not listening. And of course, you know, people uh, nodes might be gossiping about nodes that are long dead. But are just gone. 
Two questions. One. So a quarter of, you know, is kind of a, a vague number. It probably means a quarter of mostly listening nodes, which is not all the nodes. Mm-hmm. And the other thing to consider is, you know, the phenomena of astroturfing. I can spin up a million nodes tomorrow. Well, I can't because it's really expensive. But, you know, uh, Michael Saylor could spin up a million nodes tomorrow. A, a, ri- a rich version of you could do it. Yeah. Michael Saylor probably, well, is he technical enough to and, do it? And, you know, Maybe. Blue Matt could probably spin up one node and make it look like a million nodes by messing with DNS because he knows how to do that. I don't. But, um, yeah. Anyway, continue. Uh, I'm going to skip my first question because that was going to be a joke and doesn't work anymore. So I'm going to go straight to my second question. Okay, well, we can we can do your joke and, and, sp- and have the editor move the joke to before what I just said. No, I'm know. just going to skip it all together. Okay. Sure. My question was, is this a problem? 25% notes are ready. Is this a problem? Is it, is it a problem that it's not more? Oh, I was going to say, why would it be a problem that notes are ready? No, that it's not 100%. No, it's it's quite early. So the whole idea of the speedy trial was to see if there was any hope of activating this thing. While the speedy trial is in progress, you don't have to check the taproot rules. There's no reason for it. All you want to do is is make sure that you're checking the taproot rules before it activates. So you could have done it before the speedy trial, or you know you can start doing it now ish. You know you you have until October or November, so take your time, but don't forget. What's the problem if people do forget? You well, want to get into that? Let's get into yeah, that briefly. Yeah, we can get like, into why that. is it important that people actually do upgrade before November? So, in a certain sense, for yourself, it's probably not a problem unless somebody's really, really motivated to mess with you. Um, but, or if there's like real big problems on the network that, that are sort of outside what you know, but, you know, big reorgs. Um, if, you know, if suddenly a huge reorg happens, and you don't understand what's going on, it probably you know might have something to do with uh, somebody not obeying the taproot rules and, and getting punished for it. So I guess one scenario we could describe, right, is um, you are running an old node and you're receiving coins, you're just using regular SegWit, and those coins are coming from a taproot address, or so you think. So you're looking at a block explorer and you see that these coins are coming from a taproot address. Uh, but it turns out that this transaction is actually fake, as in it's not actually a taproot transaction. It, it has a Schnorr signature, but somebody flipped a bit around. So for all the nodes that do run taproot, they can see that that transaction is invalid. And you should not be seeing that transaction normally, because there's all sorts of defense mechanisms against that. You, your mempool won't see it. So you'll, you'll only see it if it's in a block. So somebody would have to make an invalid block and give it to you. Um, but they might be able to do that with an eclipse attack, right? So then something would look like, you know, oh, somebody just paid from a taproot address. I haven't upgraded. Okay, fine. I'm accepting that confirmation and I'm going to send you the, the, the Lambo. That's sort of your, yeah. your scenario. The, the point being, if I'm going to summarize that in two sentences, is that we want the whole network to be in consensus and see the same blocks and see the same transactions. Yeah, well, so, so there's a significant yeah. part or even a small part of the network that's not enforcing the same rules, then it could become messy if miners start messing around. Well, so that's actually the second scenario, I would say. So the first one I described was really just your own interest. So like somebody might be messing with you in, in the convoluted way I just described. Sure. But the other reason is more systemic. If you end up with very few people actually enforcing the rules... Some miner might mine an invalid block, even accidentally, 
And other miners, if they're also not verifying the rules, would just be building on top of that block. And your node will just be accepting those blocks. But then one day, you do upgrade, or you know somebody else upgrades, some, some exchange or somebody you know important, uh, and they certainly say, hey, those, you know, the last one year worth of blocks is invalid. What the hell is going on? And we end up with a complete disaster. Yeah, that, that's it. So you don't want a situation where, where miners are building on top of blocks that are invalid. Like that would assume that the miners aren't enforcing it and that nobody else in the economic system isn't enforcing it. And that's, that's quite bad. Yeah, that's a good way of separating the two concerns, I guess. It's partly for your own benefits to upgrade and it's also partly to everyone's benefit if everyone upgrades. Yeah, and not just you, but everybody you know and especially every exchange you're using um, yeah. if you're using one. Uh, but I think to get back to your previous point, we're not too concerned about this. The whole point of speedy trial was that it's going to be speedy, and now people have a few more months to upgrade, which should hopefully be enough for, you know, a lot of people, yes, as well as miners. And in the scenario that it, even if it's just a majority of miners that's upgraded as the signaling suggests they have, then then it's going to be fine either way, more or less. You know, it's it's ideal if people mm-hmm. actually enforce the rules, but at least it wouldn't split the network in that case. Yeah, it gives you a little bit more time to to upgrade, but um, you know, it's like defense in depth, right? So if if you don't upgrade, well, other pe- the miners have upgraded, so you're still okay, and and even if they haven't, there's still some fallback mechanisms. But you don't want to rely on the last line of defense for this sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's I defense wanna, in depth. I want to move on to the next point. Okay. By the way, shorts, it's pretty pretty warm in here. I know. I'm sweating a lot. I know. A lot. Oh, no. Let's move on. I'm trying to concentrate on taproot activation. Taproot lock-in. No, let's focus on taproot activation. That's the next point. Mm-hmm. All right. So what if, it ex- what if it's activated? What can we expect? Um, what is the Bitcoin core wallet going to do for us? Let's, let's move to that point. Yes. Um, okay. Why, so why should a... everyone be happy, or why? Well, let's let's first start with something really dull and boring before okay. we go there. But it is Bitcoin Core related. So in the next, hopefully, grandiose version of Bitcoin Core version twenty-two, um, there's going to be a new RPC method that will tell you what is an RPC method. It's a sort of a command line thing that you can use against your node, or you can do it in the you little can, window. You can plug software in it and programs and do stuff with your node, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So it's not in the graphical interface, but it is pretty easy to, to use. Mm-hmm. And this will tell you how many miners are still signaling. Because the idea is that during this lock-in phase, miners should continue to signal. They don't have to, but it's recommended so that you can see that miners upgraded and didn't accidentally downgrade or you know forgot that they upgraded. Um, so it'll be possible to monitor that. monitor that. So that's good. Um, but maybe that's, you know, is that, is that all we're going to get for Taproot? Like being able to see if it exists, probably, you know, maybe you want to do a little bit more. So the other thing that Bitcoin Core is working on is support for wallets that actually have Taproot. Nice. And hopefully, well, definitely some of that will be in version 22, but hopefully a lot of it, um, I did not mean that as a pun, by the way. <clears throat> so the, the first thing that, that would be in the wallet is a, is a way to watch, yeah, to watch these taproot addresses. So they would be watch-only. You wouldn't be able to spend from them, 
but you'd be able to watch them. Right. And those would be really any kind. No, uh, those would only be very simple taproot addresses too. So, for example, you're receiving just on a public key or you can have some scripts, but only very simple scripts. So, in other words, this, this you cannot do some super sophisticated multi-sig setup yet in Bitcoin Core, not even to watch it. So, this is all just one step at a time. Um, We're and talking about Bitcoin Core 22. 22, right? The upcoming release. Yeah, and that part is already in it. Mm -hmm. So, I think that'll make it into the release. So, you can monitor what's going on on the network, basically? Or well, I, you, can I mean, create can a watch, be... you can create a watch-only wallet. It's just that if, what, you, right. if you want to spend it, now you need to do something. Got manually. It. Right. So the next step, of course, is that Bitcoin Core can also sign taproot transactions. But again, only very simple taproot transactions. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and from the last time I checked, the, uh, the yeah, simplest... So to, so to recap that real brief in like 10 seconds, because we haven't mentioned this at all yet, but taproot allows for all sorts of complex spending conditions. And uh, in an ideal scenario, spending from these conditions will be indistinguishable from a regular transaction. Yeah, so that regular transaction is the thing that's also, been uh, yeah, implemented. There are also regular transactions, even in Taproot, and that's going to be implemented in Bitcoin Core 22, is that what you said? or Yeah, at or? least in some experimental you know, part of it, right? It's probably not going to be on by default. Mm -hmm. um, so you can't do the very complex stuff yet in Bitcoin Core 22, but you can do the simple spends that are actual still taproot spans that look like a taproot Yeah, spend. so you can just create a receive address, uh, you know, that starts with uh, 1BCP, I think. BC1P. Oh, BC1P. Yeah. yeah, instead of BC1Q, mm -hmm. start with BC1P. And so you'll be able to receive coins on that. Uh, you can already try it on Signet because that taproot is already active there. Uh, as well as some slightly more complicated scenarios. But then the last time I checked it, like it would not give you the correct fee if it was a more complicated scenario. So like there's a lot of work to be done. Right. So to uh, be very clear, we're talking about Bitcoin Core 22 now. Anyone else, any wallet, anyone you know clever enough to work with this stuff can, of course, starting in November, do all of this fancy taproot stuff. It's just Bitcoin Core is sort of taking it slow. They're starting with regular taproot transactions, and then down the line, presumably more options will be added. Exactly. So this is the Bitcoin Core, the wallet's part of Bitcoin Core, right? So the Bitcoin Core node will verify all those complicated conditions, so you can use them. It's just that you'll have to write your own wallet right, to exactly. do it. Right, exactly, yep. Um, but it's nice to have Bitcoin Core also have an example wallet, if only so people can, you know, sanity check that it really works as they think it does. Um, so if you're not, if you're really impatient... And you want to roll your own wallet? I mean, first of all, only do that on Testnet and on Signet. Uh, but you can look at the the Chaincode workshop that they did two years ago. Um, that they did a Taproot workshop, and part of that workshop was uh, Python notebooks. That in those Python notebooks, you would construct Taproot transactions completely from scratch, like starting with two public keys and adding them up and creating all these. Like very cool. And there might be some tweaks that need to be made because I don't know if they updated the workshop with all the latest changes to the specification. But you can use that to roll your own wallet, like like I said, like a test wallet. Um, that's the only one I'm aware of. Uh, what I'm hoping to see is hardware wallets implement this stuff. Yeah, I'm personally not aware of a lot of um, the Taproot software that's actually in development. And that probably makes sense, right? Software developers in general 
presumably want to wait before you know spending a lot of time working on Taproot stuff until Taproot is actually locked in. It depends on their business plan if they have any, right? Maybe they want to be the first to market. Then it makes sense to have everything ready long before it activates, but not no. But I'm not talking about lock in. I mean, up until last week, there was a, you know, yeah, real risk that it would be a huge waste of time if it hadn't locked in or activated at all. Yeah, if you so know, it you makes can... sense that developers will only start focusing on it now, don't you think? It does. It depends on what your plan is. Like, if you have a plan that you know you can execute in six months. Then sure, wait for the lock-in. If you have a plan that takes two years, then maybe you were already working on this. Um, Fair enough. That I don't know. Do you have any idea how much I'm sweating? No, but the the nice thing is because of this pandemic, we uh, have uh, nice social distancing. <laughs> yeah, that so helps. It's not my problem. <laughs> All right, move on, move on. We're moving on. Yeah, I just wanted to add that uh, just in you know to compare to the past. So when Segwit came alive. When it was activated after much drama, after much more time as well, there I don't think there were any wallets, or maybe one, but at least there was no Bitcoin Core support for it in the wallet. That yeah, took, that took, that took another year. Yeah, and the reason for that was because the Bitcoin Core wallet was an absolute mess, mm. and now it is not a mess. It is much more flexible, much more powerful, which is why adding Taproot to it is going a lot faster than mm. last time. And we might even have some wallet support before it activates. So that's very cool. Um, but we'll just have to see what the other people are doing. And maybe one more point that I have is outside of wallets, uh, we know that the, um, the lightning folks are really excited about Taproot because it allows them to do cool stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to see what they do and it might make sense for them to try all that stuff on Signet and just yeah, have it ready to like already, maybe even already have it in shipped code and just say like this thing is, we're going to start using Taproot for new channels as soon as it activates. And it's already rolled out, so all your peers already have Taproot too. You don't have to wait. I think the main benefit is that Lightning closing channels, as long as it's cooperative, will in fact look like regular Bitcoin transactions. That's one advantage. The other is that if you're doing a transaction, you have a payment hash right now. Yeah. And that payment hash is giving is sort of a fingerprint that is being given to all the intermediate nodes. And with Taproot, you can use points, a different point for each node in the in the process. So you're going to have uh, much better privacy. this is thanks to Schnorr signatures? This is thanks to Schnorr, Yeah, yes. which is part of the Taproot upgrade, yep. Yeah. And I, don't, I have no idea how easy that is to implement. Maybe somebody already did. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're going to try and find out that it's quite hard. I, I'm not up to date. Uh, we should talk to somebody who is like, more up to date on, on, uh, on Lightning. That's an excellent idea, Shores. Also, a little bit of a spoiler. Or no, a teaser, a teaser. A teaser. That's much better. Yeah. Stay tuned, folks. Sure, last question. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is the last question for me. What did we... Okay, so we've spoken about... Well, we haven't spoken about Taproot a lot. That was a previous episode. We've spoken about what people can expect, what luck can ex exactly means. What have we learned about software upgrades? Have we learned anything now, now that this I, one was successful? I'm hoping that we have um, reduced our PTSD when it comes to softworks. Because we had pretty, like, it only took three difficulty adjustment periods mm -hmm. to get the lock-in. Mm -hmm. It was at, like, 99%, so it wasn't, like, we didn't even need to lower the threshold to 95%. Could have done it at 100%. Well, could not have done it at 100%, but we could have done it at 99%. 98% or something, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm pretty sure we could have could have just gotten 
if we were really stubborn about it and miners were willing to reorg each other. But, um, I mean, that that's good news. Uh, maybe it's even scary because if it's so easy to convince miners. But, you know, we know that people have worked really hard on trying to get this done. So, um, so I'm happy to see that. Hopefully uh, that for next, you know, for the next softworks that we have in mind, um, things can be, uh, you know, scenarios can be discussed without too much drama. You can still think about all sorts of scenarios, yeah, there, but there will be maybe maybe a little bit less emotion because we know it doesn't have to be bad. Yeah, well, there are definitely still some lingering disagreements on what to do if miners would not cooperate as easily. Of, you of know, course, how, yeah. You know, mandatory signaling or not is sort of the main one, I think, where there's mm-hmm. still some difference of perspectives on whether or not that's that's a good plan B. Um, so we have not resolved that at all, but you know, since miners were going to cooperate, there was no way of resolving that now, probably. So no, and I think this is a good time, you know, the next year or so to think about these mechanisms in general without a specific software in mind to it's implement probably, it's them. It's probably good to continue this discussion, and the discussion is sort of continuing in dev- different venues and places. Um, but also just the code, because it's very annoying to see a pull request that implements a whole new way of doing things uh, right when you need it right. rather than so you know, you're referring to bip8 for example yeah it would have been nice to have you know that bip8 pull request if that had happened two years ago uh, with some dummy software just to show how it works we could have probably you know spent more time on it but you know i can also see why if it's not urgent nobody's going to review it nobody's going to write it so it's it's always difficult with these things they never happen when you need them yeah that that's always the sort of double-edged thing going on there yeah but i'm happy to see that this thing uh this thing so far is going very well so am i okay i'm got i got one bonus question okay what do you have any idea or wishes or expectations of what could be the next soft fork oh yeah um i i would say see guys no input mm-hmm. because it allows another simplification of lightning mm-hmm. which is good because yep. I think one of the biggest challenges with Lightning is that we had it's a, pretty complicated. We had an episode on SIG has no input, right? I believe we did. I think yeah. so. Um, that's really the biggest one. I mean, it'd be nice to have the great consensus cleanup at some point. That's one of those things that are not really urgent, but yeah, should so happen. I think other candidates, or at least you know, there are proponents for um, check template, verify, Jeremy yeah. Rubens thing. Up, secure the bag. And yeah, and then um, you know, Paul Storch, of course, wants BIP three hundred for drive chains. Yeah, that's where uh, we're starting going into territory where I think it's going to be a lot of discussion before yeah. that happens. It, the, it um, seems like sig hash no input ha- is has sort of a path of least resistance thing going on for it. Maybe that that's my general. I, impression, I would say either but... one of the cleanups, just to you know, try another software mechanism with an innocent software, um, or the. Um, any prep out because that is a very very small change like compared to taproot it is i don't know 50 times simpler right and it's on top of taproot so well, my guess is either that will happen or one of the cleanups all right hopefully soon tm two weeks no well it has to happen after taproot activates otherwise it gets a, it becomes a mess but that's the only constraint it could it could be a week after yeah, technically we can do multiple softworks at a time, right? Signaling we that, can that's do... That's actually... So let me just ask you one yeah, more question. Yeah, we can then. signal whenever we want. I'm just saying that if um, the... Sorry, if the... Uh, um, the, the uh, what was it? The 
the lightning related one. If yeah, we do no, that, no it, input or any yeah, prep no out or uh, whatever people call that it. That has to activate after taproot, otherwise because it uses taproot, right. otherwise it's a mess. Got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. But it does not mean that you can't signal earlier because mm. we know taproot is locked in, so right. we can just signal now if somebody wanted to do it. Right. And well, then my they question just, was they just activated my, at the same my time. My question was going to be technically right now. I think since Segwit, if I'm not mistaken, we can do multiple soft forks at the same time. No, well, we already could. Do you, um, signaling wise we already, we already could yeah bip mm-hmm. 9 is basically we use that for op, op csv i think for do all think, sorts of things do you think that's possible in practice at all to do so, several soft forks or at the same time or is it really a one at a time kind of deal no i think it's possible because it depends of course if the software forks are getting too close to each other in terms of code you don't want to have too many if statements but uh, if the soft forks are sufficiently like in in parts of the code that don't interact then i think it's fine to have to uh, a bitcoin upgrading bitcoin is hard shorts doing two at the same time dividing attention between two different upgrades well i'm talking about whether it's technically possible no, i'm talking about uh, whether it's practically possible community wise i don't yeah. know i mean the, the other thing is you want to you want to be careful that you don't shove a package up somebody's throat so somebody might say hey we like this particular soft fork but then you say, well, the next Bitcoin Core release is going to have both of them. Well, that's kind of annoying. So then um, you have to make it easier for miners to choose maybe which one they signal for. You know, so so there's there's a little bit of overhead there. Because I think right now, if you install Bitcoin Core 0.21.1 as a miner, it just signals unless you really tell it not to. Yep. Sure, let's wrap this up. All right. Taproot has been has locked in. It's gonna activate in November. People, if you wanna upgrade your nodes to Bitcoin Core 21.1, that's great. Or a newer one. And I think that's it. That's so it. thank you for listening to the Van Weirdem Shores NATO. There you go. 